uh, what was I going to say? I had we're something. a couple of Michelle Wolf's wolves. <laughs> Michelle's wolves. A whole pack of Michelle's wolf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't I haven't seen that video. I don't know. No, me neither. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think she's that funny. She's I, fine. I've never seen her do anything. I I'm I, I watched unaware. half of a stand up special once, and a lot of Good it was you. just like, You're "Hey, brave. I'm a feminist, but." Uh, I like Chardonnay, and I want you to buy it for me. That was like most of her jokes. <laughs> buy me Chardonnay. I'm a feminist. <laughs> mm. I'm a feminist, but it was just I'm a feminist, comma but over and over and over uh, again. Some people might yeah. call that a feminist ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can kiss my feminist butt. <laughs> There's a little bit of kissing uh, feminist butt in this. <laughs> this album holy shit is there oh my god well it's not so much kissing as we'll get yep. into that analingus <laughs> there's so much adam on this album mm, edible analingus too yes good stuff <laughs> all right should we oh god uh, may god have mercy on our soul should we start <laughs> yeah let's get going Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog. And I thought this was a YouTube's. <laughs> Fuck. Wait, we're not on the YouTube? What F am I in? Am I in? Hmm. Are we on the FM or the M dial, do you think? Uh, I think we're definitely a drive time FM. Uh, shock, shock. Mm. That's what it's turning into these days. It really is. You're listening to Think Outside the Box Set with the animal hey. and the Dan. <laughs> I started that so much. I was like, I do don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> the Daniel. Uh, what's your name? Uh, and why? I'm the Daniel. Because... Uh, <laughs> Ah, uh, my name is Nathan Hunt, and I am on this podcast. I'm Cameron Dewitt. I'm I'm in the podcast, <laughs> and Alanis is, is on it. The podcast is it? Alanis Morissette. We listen to different albums of fuck. <laughs> we diff, different albums of fucking. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> listen to my audio porn. <laughs> Uh, we're learning to appreciate artists' back catalogs, and right now... I said that already. Alanis, Alanis Morissette's back catalog. Today we listen to... I mean, I listened to it today. Under Rug Swept. Her fifth album. Fifth album? Yes. That sounds right. This That's right. Season, season three, episode five. Nathan, we dodged a bullet with this one. Uh, apparently during the making during the making of this album... Alanis Morissette wrote 27 songs. Oh my god, I read that. Which she which she eventually narrowed down to 17, which I oh. believe was the amount of songs in the last one. Yeah. But um, when she was mixing and producing the album, every time she reached the 11th track, uh, she said, um, it would shut down, my brain would shut off, and I just felt like it was information overload. Mm, that's Ellipses. a familiar feeling. I didn't want to overwhelm myself or anyone else or Nathan or Cameron for their <laughs> podcast in the process of trying to cram them all onto the double CD. Thank you, Alanis. Thank you. Thank you. I wish you, you tried thought of that last time. You tried the long album and now you know. Don't mm -hmm. do it. Just don't do it again. Thank you. Yeah. This is a much more reasonable length. 
11 yeah. songs, 51 minutes? Yeah, 15 minutes is that's that's doable. Yeah. Overall it's it's it, much better too. The songs yeah. actually have structure and form most of the time. It's yeah. not it's not perfect, but it is better. Uh, Apparently she wrote the you know how last time we were like it sounds like she's making these songs up on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> uh apparently according to a thing I read somewhere she wrote all of these songs in 20 minutes or less. Mhm. Wikipedia says as on her previous albums Morissette took a stream of consciousness approach to the songwriting. She wrote the music and lyrics at the same time spending around 20 minutes or less on each song and recorded the vocals during the writing process in one or two takes. Well, her stream was definitely improved. Her stream had better aim. <laughs> mm, don't cross the streams. Um, yeah, it sort of. It definitely works for a few of these songs, but overall, yeah. I don't think that's a great way to approach writing in general. Probably not. Who who is uh, was it? William Burroughs, who was all about like first thought, best thought, and that just does not hold up at all. <laughs> my, my my first thought is always my worst. Yeah, the first is the Without worst. Exception. The second is the best, and the third is the one with the hairy chest. I mean, I don't know yeah. what people should be aware of this by now. <laughs> I've known that since I was a kid. Yeah, that's also when I heard that. Mm. And when you were a kid. it was the first album that Morissette had written and produced all on her own. So no more Glenn Ballard. I got. I gotta say though, uh, for twenty-minute songs, they're pretty good. That's a good twenty-minute song. Oh, not there! Not that they're twenty minutes long, but that they took twenty minutes to write, yeah, and record. I think there's some good stuff in here. There definitely are a few really good songs, and there are a few terrible that the kind of like headlong rush really works. Like the the almost formless nature of the song, like really works for a few of these songs, which I wouldn't have expected to say. Yeah, no, I I mean. That's not necessarily a problem if you deliver it well. Right. And she I delivers think it's it fine. Really hard to pull off, usually. <laughs> I think it's it's yeah. in general harder to pull off than just doing writing a normal song like a regular person. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh let's see. Oh, she said that when she began working on the album, she was, quote, at the middle of the beginning of the end of a relationship. You what? know the uh you know the old Hold joke on. about uh let's see, how does it go? The uh um, little person, spiritual contactor who escapes from prison, the small medium what? at large. Okay. <laughs> the middle of the beginning of the end of a relationship. Oh dear. All right. So she yeah. was that. <clears throat> and she thought when entering she wrote the studio, all these. writing new material would propel her to face some of the truths that were scaring her. Quote, inevitably, we ended you know, up breaking up. We ended up breaking up. So the record kind of followed the grieving of it. Then the proverbial phoenix rising and continuing to grow. Is that what a phoenix does? Uh, continuing <laughs> to grow? Just big phoenixes? Phoenixes. <laughs> they're like, they're like lobsters. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't die, they just get bigger yeah, and bigger goldfish. and bigger. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think she accomplishes that. That. In this, it feels like she actually has something to say a lot of the time. Yeah. In most of these songs, which is different from the last album, where she clearly has some issues that she's wanting to process, but she doesn't have anything that interesting or valuable to say about them. So this was a lot better as a listener mm-hmm. um, to listen to. 
I agree. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't always accomplish it, but she definitely like, no. at least is writing songs about things. Yeah. About yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot easier to synopsize. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Um, shall we just, uh, jump right into these songs? Yeah, this first song's a BuzzFeed listicle. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. It's called, what is it, 21 Things I Want in a Lover? Yeah. Yeah. Get on the bus, guys. <laughs> What a rough start. You know what? Okay. I was going to ask about that. That's obviously extremely like flat writing. Um, That line not necessarily needs, but qualities that I prefer. I thought that was funny and maybe on purpose. Uh, I could maybe buy that, except the rest of the song is really poorly written. It it sounds like something off of um, Super Farmer Intelligentsia uh, Jumper. Uh, Sorry, what? (laughs) You heard me. The last album. Okay, Crane. Superb, Framer, uh, inter- Interrogative, uh, j- Junket. So this is a song about, um, uh, it's a job description. Being Alanis' <laughs> lover. This is what I, if you want to be my lover, needs. you got to get with my friends. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, wrong song. Um, this song, uh, I mean, r- right off the bat, it's just like a perfect pop walk down rock and roll song. It's like really, really catchy. And the melody in the chorus is the melody in the chorus and the harmony in the chorus is really, really catchy. Um, but yeah, that's basically what the song's about. Uh, do you derive joy when someone else succeeds? Do you not play dirty when engaged in competition? Oh my God. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, do you have a big. <gasps> and then pause, pause. For comedy intellectual capacity but know that <laughs> it alone does not equate to wisdom really oh, really God. really oh. really bad lyrics oh that's um, not grammar yeah <laughs> that it alone does not equate to wisdom oh uh here's here's what alana says about this song there's a part of this song where i'm joking but there's a whole part of this, a whole part of this song where I'm dead serious. She said, <laughs> "Did because, she put that pause in there? Where I'm dead? I'm, where I'm dead serious? <laughs> that is." Uh, so this song took 20 minutes to write, and I died five minutes in, and then they revived me <laughs> two minutes later. So it technically, only took 18 minutes to write. Wow. Uh, and then the quote continues because the palm sweating heart palpitating beginnings of a relationship often result in a huge amount of incompatibility. So the concept of compatibility is so much more important to me as I get older. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. I feel like that shows up in several of these songs. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Um, it's a really, really catchy song and most of the, rhythm is is better like there's actual melodies and there's some contrived yeah. rhythms of the how the emphases uh land on words i mean on syllables but yeah. um it's definitely a lot better yeah but I there's think, some weird mm-hmm. choices yeah i think i realized one of the things that i really dislike about many of alanis's lyrics they're written like prose or at least this song is very much written like prose 
Do you derive joy when someone else succeeds? Do you not play dirty when engaged in competition? Yeah. But it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like overhearing someone else's conversation and then transcribing it where yeah. most people, when they talk to each other are not exactly speaking with the most interesting or novel language. Yeah. And in fact, maybe they're trying to show off by using more complicated grammatical forms or like multi-syllable words. Yeah. Do you see everything as an illusion, but enjoy it even <laughs> though you are not of it? Are you both masculine and feminine, politically aware, and don't believe in capital punishment? Except for, here's the, here's the thing. She says, of it, and then obviously that would more or less rhyme with punishment, capital punishment. Mm-hmm. But she says, uh, punishment. Oh, interesting. She mispronounces punishment as as per her like weird affectation, inconsistent affectation. And uh, that sounds like the title of an Alanis record. Yeah. Weird, inconsistent, inconsistent affectation. affectation. <laughs> Junkie. It totally is. <laughs> oh, she is that. Um, it, but she does it so that it doesn't rhyme. Yeah. That's weird. She, uh, she does something strange in another song where she uses like the French pronunciation of a word. Oh, uh, yeah. Sans judgment, I think. Is Sans. The word. Sans. Sans jugement. Sans jugement. Yeah, so maybe this is like a uh, uh, a francophile thing. Oh, you know what else she do- you know what else she does does is that does. Um, she so in verse two she says, "Are you funny and self deprecating or self depreciating?" I don't think that's what oh, she means to say. Yeah, is that is that just the genius or the is genius. that what she actually says? I don't know. I don't remember. It's probably self deprecating. Uh. Like adventure and have many formid opinions. She says formid. She does. And oh she my says, god. She she does that multiple. I don't think I marked it every time, but she does it a lot in this album. Wow. Uh, that's yeah. Cameron, Cameron, are you funny and self depreciating? Like adventure and have many formed opinions. Formid opinions. I don't like adventure. Oh, <laughs> but at least you have many formed opinions. Which I'd say so. That's a completely ludicrous lyric it, it doesn't Sorry. matter what your opinions are just as long as you have them you know like okay. the jew secretly runs the world or women who have <laughs> abortions should be executed those are all totally fine as long as you have them as opinions yeah just like and many of them and shape them so that chorus is a little less charming uh it starts as just a uh not even a couplet it's just two lines um that don't rhyme uh but then it turns into a uh, quatrain. I mean, does it? Doesn't rhyme. It turns into four lines. The chorus yeah. later on, and this is the whole chorus, and it's yeah, kind of a bummer. These are twenty-one things that I want in a lover, not necessarily needs, but qualities that I prefer. Uh, I figure I can describe it since I have a choice in the matter. These are twenty-one things I choose to choose in a lover. Uh... I choose to choice in time gone by. (laughs) Is that a lame is joke? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's all I got. Such a weird line. I figure I can describe it since I have a choice in the matter. Uh, Here's the line. Are you uninhibited in bed more than three times a week? (laughs) Up for being experimental? Uh, what are what are your thoughts about getting chewed in a theater? <laughs> <laughs> you said chewed? Yeah. 
Is that what she was doing when she was going down? She was just gnawing away on his bone? <laughs> that, apparently that's, uh, I've been listening to this uh, podcast uh, from, it's a local Philly podcast called Stay Talking-ish. And that's the only way that they talk, that they refer to fellatio is getting chewed. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I've never heard that before. Super funny. I, yeah. Getting I, chewed. It may, I, I mean, it may be a AAVE kind of situation that I may be appropriating, but that's the only uh, place I've ever heard it is on that podcast. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's pretty funny and hopefully I'm not just ruining it by using it because <laughs> it's Isn't it? really funny. <laughs> it's gnawing on that bone. All right. It's yeah. time to go on to the next song. It's called Narcissus. There's some still good meat on this. Okay. Boy. Yeah. That's not the weirdest. Uh, this is Alanis's first song about a Greek myth. And right away, it gets Oedipal in the weirdest way. The opening lines are... Oedipal in the butt. Dear mama's boy. Oedipal in the butt. I know you've had your butt licked by your mother. <laughs> those are the opening lines. Those I, are real lyrics those in are a song. Those are real <laughs> lyrics. Oh, my God. You can, no, you can no longer say that those haven't been sung. <laughs> that those lyrics aren't uh, extant. Those are, those are protected by ASCAP. <laughs> ASCAP. Uh, and now you or can't BMI unhear those lyrics. Um, the first time I listened to the song, I wasn't like listening super close to the lyrics. And later on, she gets back to butt licking. Um, she says, she really does. In the chorus, you go back to the women who will dance the dance. You go back to your friends who will lick your ass. You go back to ignoring all the rest of us. You go back to the center of your universe. And when I heard that, I hadn't heard the previous one about your mother licking your butt. I was like, the center huh. of my universe is I, my anus. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I thought that was like kind of funny. Like when she says, go back to your friends who will lick your ass. I was like, okay. Instead of kissing your ass, licking your ass. Okay. Uh, you got me a Lance. Ah. And then I re-listened to it and read, looked at the lyrics and I was like, holy fuck. Dear mama's boy, I know you've had your butt licked by your mother. Yeah. What in the world? Yuck. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's uh, far be it for me to judge when people eat the booty like groceries, but I don't think they really... <laughs> Involve mothers in that, hopefully. Only, only in like cats and dogs when they are like, that's how they wipe their oh, young. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe this is about kitties and puppies. Yeah, probably. Okay, it's uh, less gross. It's about a narcissistic a person who's being kitties and puppies, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Kitty it's- and puppy play. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. Okay, let me just type that into Pornhub real quick. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, you know, there's all sorts results. of like Snapchat yeah. porn with yeah. puppies um, and kitties. Do you see that Alanis has a quote for like every single song? What do you mean a quote? She's, she's like on record talking about every song from this album. I think she released one of those like commentary things on Spotify. Right. She did. I know she did that for Jagged Little Pill and I wanted to listen to it, but ran out of time. Yeah. She says about this one, that dichotomy of loving someone and really wanting it to work and wanting to bridge the gap and bridge and bridge the chasm and yet, Both of them? at the same time, 
being totally repulsed by the qualities that are being presented and the pain that comes from it. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it's not a great song. It's pretty facile. It's, uh, I'd characterize it as like a claptrap. It's a song that sort of gets the audience on its side to criticize someone and just be like, hey, let's all get together and feel good about how we're better than this person. Yeah, look at this shithead. Yeah. So that's, I don't know. Look at this egotist boy. Yeah, there's some really bad lines. Dear Misho boy, I know you're not really into conflict resolution. This, Um, This boy is a stranger to the concept of reciprocity, which is how she pronounces it. She really does that? She, she watches too Ross- much Friends, I guess. Ross <laughs> Weird joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only Ross that there is. Okay, here's a, here's a better one. This is a little bit more erudite. You might like this better. Wasn't wasn't that uh, Don Quixote's horse, Ross <laughs> You like that one better, huh? Wasn't that the like libertarian candidate that my mom voted for <laughs> way back when? <laughs> Ross Perot? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what party he was. He was he was independent, I think. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Then Sorry people to dox my mom. <laughs> Did you really dox her? I don't think that counts. <laughs> I outed her as as what she voted for. You you I called her out. Doxing. Yeah. It was the did. night you called the old woman out. <laughs> uh, now that she's you old, go back to your friends who will lick your ass. What's a little A to M between friends? Yeah. Nathan. Kiss your mother with that mouth. <laughs> you tell me, what's that symbolize? <laughs> We're never gonna let her, let her hear the end of that, are we? Uh, that was that was from like one of her uh, teeny uh, pop albums. Yeah, for Alanis. She's uh, fine. Yeah, yeah, she's doing okay. She's got a podcast <laughs> like us. She's great. Yeah, that's all she needs. It's just a podcast. Um, the chorus is all pretty I really good. Want. I mean, it's better at least. Any talk and any talk of healthiness and any talk of connectedness and any talk of resolving this, like she kind of earns those multisyllabic words there and repetition. Uh, yeah. She kind of like makes it work there. Uh, and any talk of resolving this leaves you running for the door. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, especially combined with that quote that you read from her, it's almost like she wants to help this person at points in the song, yeah. but he just doesn't want help. Why, why Man, do I try Man, to he help? Picks it- Manic Pixie Dream Boy. Yeah. Did I say Pixie? Fuck. Manic Pixie Pixie Dream Boy. Manic Pixie Stick Dream Boy. (laughs) Why why do I try to help you, try to help you when you really don't want me to, she says. Or sings. Yeah. Because I guess it's because of that D. Gotta have that. Gotta have my pop. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. Next song called Hands Clean. This is this is a song about statutory rape. It is. Uh, there was a minute, like halfway halfway into the song, I was like, "Oh, is that what this song is about?" And then by the end of it, I was like, "Yeah, this is totally about that." It totally is. Yeah. So in the verses, the first person is um, the man, at least in the character, a character 
at least in the song who um uh had a sexual relationship an older man who had a sexual relationship with uh Alanis's character in the song I think I don't know why I'm saying that this is all literal because there's a quote where she's saying that this is all literal she mm-hmm. had a relationship with an older man uh the first person is the in the verses is the older man and in the chorus it is Alanis yeah I I have a New York Times article from when this album was released where they ask her about that they the New York Times called her up and said some listeners in fact are interpreting it as a song about statutory rape or sexual exploitation it could be categorized as that said Ms. Morris said speaking by telephone on Monday but at the same time I'm not one to really categorize I'm the kind of person who will say a person that I've been spending time with in a romantic way rather than saying my boyfriend which I think sheds a lot of light on how she writes her lyrics She continues, so I'll say someone that I was romantically linked to at a time when I was emotionally not necessarily prepared for it, as opposed to qualifying it as like statutory rape. Right. But yeah, she's like 14 in the song, right? Supposed crime. Why supposed? Uh, I guess she's saying that like, is it really a crime? I guess she's, she's making a commentary on like, is this really non-consensual just because of my age? Oh, that's a really, oh, I don't even want to touch that. Yeah. Uh, her, I found another quote from her. Um, she said, my intention in writing this song was to get to a place where I could be as truthful and as honest as I possibly could be about certain relationships in my past. It's definitely not with the intention of seeking any sort of revenge for the person who is at the heart of the song that I'm singing about. But it was in my silencing myself to protect somebody else that I was ultimately completely abandoning myself. Mm-hmm. And any time I speak untruths in my life, and off, and oftentimes I feel by not speaking the truth, uh, by being silent, there's an element of an untruth in that. Withholding the truth sometimes can feel just as horrible as a lie to me. So as I get older... I think I want more and more to introduce the bliss of speaking transparently and truthfully as honestly as I possibly can, knowing that truth in this case is my truth only. Yeah. That's a a lot of (laughs) syllables to just say, (laughs) like, it felt good to get this off my chest and to be able to talk about this. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I feel like her songwriting sounds like it's being transcribed from someone just saying these things, because that's kind of how she talks. Um, Yeah, yeah, this is uh, I I sort of went down a rabbit hole on the Internet tonight trying to figure out if Alanis has gotten into the Me Too movement and haven't found a lot of information about that. There is like some Daily Mail article saying that Alanis reveals she's raped and abused and it's like the or is it the mirror? It's like one of those like British tabloids. It's like whatever. Yeah. Um, this chorus is so devastating, not the least yeah. of which because it's delivered in like that soaring pop rock instrumentation like this. I'm sure there's just like on shuffle at Starbucks all the time. Oh my God. And people have no idea what it's actually about. And the lyrics are, we'll fast forward to a few years later and no one knows except the both of us. And I've honored your request for silence and you've washed your hands clean of this. And that's from the perspective of Alanis. Yes. Yeah. 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 This is a song where she actually manages to make that perspective switch work. She tried it so much on the last album or at least on a few songs where it didn't work at all. Yeah. The cooch. 
What? Um, oh. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. The couch. Uh, the song the couch. called The Couch. The, yeah. Uh, in verse three, there's a real, there's a real bummer couplet in here. I wish I could tell the world, because you're such a pretty thing, when you're done up properly, I might want to marry you one day if you watch that weight and keep your firm body. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's almost verbatim what some of these men were telling her. Yeah. And that's how she ended up being anorexic. Yeah. And she talked, apparently these men were um, part of ICP because they say we keep, we best keep this to ourselves and not tell any members of our (laughs) inner posse. I was wondering where you were going with that. (laughs) Inner inner city posse, which is the original name of insane clown posse. Yeah. Yeah, if you look at the um, annotations on the genius, there's actually pretty good ones on this, surprisingly, pointing out how there's a lot of classic symptoms of grooming behavior and abuse. Uh, Because the line right before that one you just read about the inner city posse, just make sure you don't tell on me, especially to members of your family. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's like really kind of rough to hear. Yeah. But it's very effective the way she writes it. Like, this is a very well-written song. Yeah. Uh, it's like a... It's it's really pretty. And it's, like, well-delivered. And yeah. um, the rhythms are a lot better than in a lot of the other songs. Okay. Next song? Yeah. It's called Flanch. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, my blood? Touch me like you are my blood What are you, my dad? You affect me like you are my dad Yeah, so this is a song about Alanis reflecting on an old relationship and it still makes her flinch and she hopes that someday she'll hear this person's name and it won't make her flinch. And I wonder if it's sort of a follow-up to the previous song considering that it comes right after it. And it's got some weird Electra Complex stuff. I don't, I don't know. Do you know what an Electra Complex is? No. Okay, it's basically the same thing as an Oedipal Complex, but the other pair of sexes. So gotcha. a daughter with the father versus the son and the mother. So the chorus that we just heard, What are you, my blood? You touch me like you are my blood. What are you, my dad? You affect me like you are my dad. Yeah, I'm- yeah, so it's like pretty disturbing. She I, later on she says, uh, "What are you, my twin? You affect me like you are my twin." It's like this person has really gotten inside her head and fucked right, fucked her head a little bit. How long yeah, can a girl I, be tortured by you? Yeah, I I kind of couldn't tell if this was a an abusive relationship or if this is just someone who she got really messed up over. You know, like mm. I couldn't tell if this was just like sort of standard, like, wow, I really let this person get underneath my skin and like projected a lot of insecurity um, or a lot of stuff onto them or if they were really being abusive. I couldn't really tell. Yeah, that's a good point. Although she does. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's it's a good point, but she does say, how long can a girl be tortured by you? Yeah. So that kind of leads me to believe that she, she was actually. I don't know that he was actually abusive towards her. Yeah, maybe. And you know, she she says that it was more than a decade ago. 
So that would have right. put her at less than 18. Right. But I did feel like, I mean, when I was a teenager, I felt like completely just like under the thumb of every single person I was attracted to. Mm. Like they could just murder me. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like, and I don't think those were necessarily abusive relationships. So, um, it might be, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. It could just be a sorrows of young Alana situation. Yeah. I'm trying to make my references more erudite because you don't like it when I talk about friends. <laughs> um, so she goes from a extremely clunky line to a great line and they're right next to each other in this song. This man knows not, this is about talking about how she has ended up in a room next to this man that tortured her back in the day. Yeah. This man not knows not of how this information has affected me. Bad. <laughs> but he knows the color of the car I just drove away in. Good. That's a good line. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a huge roller coaster, like very playing, low dip. Playing with, quit playing games with my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's all I have to say about this song. Ready to talk about So Unsexy? The best song on the album? Oh wait, you yeah. wanted you wanted me to you wanted a uh, sound sample for this one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Flanch. Yeah. It has this weird like uh, guitar thing. Yeah, this is the only sound sample I had. It's just like a weird thing. I think it only happens that once. It's mm-hmm. like bow, bow, bow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like kind of a weird cheesy thing that she does for no reason. Weird choice. Yeah. That's all I got. Hey, is she playing guitar on any of these albums? I think she is. I know she plays, but I don't know if like on the actual recordings, if she's playing guitar. I think so. Hang on. Whoa. I tried to... God. I was on the Wikipedia page for Hands Clean, the song, and... It it says Hands Clean is a song recorded by Canadian singer-songwriter Alanis Morissette for her fifth studio album. And studio album is a link. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the page for the album by clicking on this. But it just takes the, me to the, the Wikipedia page for studio album. album. <laughs> yeah. Not even studio album, just albums. Just album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now I'm on Under Rug Swept, looking at... Yeah, she plays lead vocals, guitar, keyboards, producer, and creative director. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Flea shows up on bass again. He does. Oh, yeah. there's all sorts of superstars on this album. Yeah, Michelle DeGiocello. Michelle Wolf. No, okay. I'm sure that is not how you pronounce it, the way I pronounced it. But she's a bassist, and she is on the next song and song number nine. So let's take that as a segue. Back into So Unsexy. I love it. She does it again. Oh. How did I not notice that? Uh, well, because she's, she doesn't really pronounce (laughs) things in a way that, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of moments where I was just like reading the lyrics and I was like, that doesn't sound like what she said. (laughs) Yes, it is. So Alanis, 
she knows that she got it going on. She's like working with some good equipment and uh, mm. she's valuable. She knows this. She knows that she is sexy, but she knows it in her head, but that alone does yes. not equate to wisdom. <laughs> exactly. Alanis feels insecure and fragile in romantic relationships, despite the knowledge that she has about her uh, assets, personality, and physically. Um, How much everyone wants to lick her butt, yeah. Yeah, everyone wants it. <laughs> uh, yeah, do that. Uh, yeah, I I like the song really well. The song's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Alanis is great at writing pop songs. I wish she did it more. Yep. She says, really trying to get to the underbelly of some of my insecurities and why t- little tiny things that are innocuous and inconsequential are translated in my own mind as to be taken so personally as long as I have my own back. It's not as scary and it's not as horrifying. So, um, I feel like I can't I feel- really listen to quotes from her. My brain just like shuts off. Yeah, they- <laughs> There's just too many words. <laughs> it's true. Stop saying uh, all those words. I feel like th- this sort of idea is a sort of modernly is a modern popular idea, like especially on the internet, you know, this idea that like, there's this meme going around, uh, about like, um, if just know that, uh, if I ever say something awkward to you that, uh, I'll be thinking about it, uh, every day for the next 50 years or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's like a common, like that's like a a popular idea that like people that people are acknowledging this. Hey, but, it's so funny because like it's true. Yeah, I feel like she's. Yeah, I could think of a, a few things <laughs> that I've said to people that yeah aren't that big of a deal that they probably aren't thinking about. But I'm just like, wow, that was a real fuck up. Yep. Um, some pretty recent ones too. Uh, so like, I feel like she's a little bit ahead of her time in being able to like talk about this. this Wait, way. is she and doing I, that? On that song, is she like ruminating on these small little awkwardnesses? Yeah, that's the whole song. Oh, these little rejections, how they seem so real to me. One forgotten birthday, I'm all but cooked. No, that's she's not forgetting the birthday. Someone else forgot her birthday. They're little rejections. These are things that other people are doing to her. These are oh, I guess that microaggressions. Is the inverse. Yeah. Yeah. It's the opposite of what you're talking about. How these little oh. abandonments seem to sting so easily. And this is a great line. I'm 13 again. Am I 13 for good? Yeah. Use your powers for good, not for evil, Alanis. Your <laughs> tween powers. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. Um, oh, she she does unfortunately say uh, one small sideways look, and I feel so ungood. I actually feel like she kind of pulls that off. For so, like, for some strange reason, I feel like she gets away with it. Probably because that's the only moment like that in this song. I think I would have liked it more if she had said, uh, and I feel so bigly ungood. Oh, God. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Um, I do love the chorus. I can feel so unsexy for someone so beautiful. So unloved for someone so fine. I can feel so boring for someone so interesting. So ignorant for someone of sound mind. Yeah. And I, I like that. I like the, like, empowerment message of it. Though I do have to quibble that... Ignorance and being of sound mind are not opposites. Yeah, true. The sound mind is about your ability to think, and ignorance is about the specific knowledge that you have or don't have. Right. Yeah. 
Right. So you, you can be you can be capable but ignorant. Right. Yeah. I'm ignorant about plenty of things. Most things even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All things, in fact. Uh, that's I've always said that about you. <laughs> Thank you. It's fine. It's nice to get, finally get some <laughs> recognition. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that Nathan, he just doesn't know most knowledge. <laughs> he's he's definitely of sound mind, but he's pretty ignorant. He could, he could if he applied himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, story of my life. All uh, right. Next song is Precious Illusions. Hey, the good news is, if you don't want to synopsize this, I have another impenetrable paragraph of a quote. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Okay. Uh, None of them are good. I don't have to read any of them. (laughs) Yeah, this is such a good song, though. Like, it's well written. Uh, She actually has meter. Nice. And she addresses a song to her illusions. Not not tricks, not precious tricks, because a trick is something that a whore does for money, Michael. They're illusions. Um, well, illusions in the sense that she's reflecting back now from her current disillusionment. Yes. And they mostly seem to revolve around romance. She has the lines, this ring will help me yet, as will you, knight in shining armor. This pill will help me yet as will these boys gone through like water. And yet, this is like a pretty nuanced song. Yeah. She says these, or she implies that these illusions were important to her when she was a child. And they kind of like buoyed her. Uh, She says these precious illusions in my head did not let me down when I was defenseless. And parting with them is like parting with invisible best friends. Yeah. So this is like such a uh, nuanced and... I guess wise take on reflecting back on how a child thinks about the world where it's like, right. It was extremely helpful at the time and it's very hard to let go, but they're not real in the end. Right. I wondered if at least a little bit of this was about religion, like about Catholicism, Mm. Um, especially at the beginning, you'll rescue me right in the exact same way they never did. Um, I'll be happy. Right. When your healing powers kick in. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Um, you'll complete me, right? Then my life can finally begin. I'll be worthy, right? Once you realize the gem I am. And you lick my butt. And you lick <laughs> these butts. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, what's that famous quote about invent... Do you, you know the one um, Thomas Edison had it that might be apocryphal? Where he says, I have not failed 700 times. I have not failed once. I have succeeded in proving that those 700 ways will not work. Yeah. When I have eliminated the ways that will not work, I will find the way that will work. Yeah. Talking about inventing the filament for the light bulb. And Alanis has these lines, but this won't work now the way it once did. And I won't keep it up even though I would love to. Once I know who I am. Oh, sorry. Once I know who I'm not, then I'll know who I am. Yeah. But I know I won't keep on playing the victim she kind of forces the rhyme there, but ah, I'll let it go. I'll let it aside. But then a little later she says, now I know who I'm not. I don't still wait. I don't. <laughs> I now I know who I'm not. I don't. I still don't. 
know who I am. Man, is that a correct transcription? I don't, I don't know. Now I know who I'm not. I don't. I still know who I am. <laughs> Did she really sing that? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to. That's, that's check nonsense. Yeah, good song. This is this might good be one. one of her best written songs so far. I mean, she's she's had like a few ones that were just head and shoulders above most of the others. And I think this is right up there with some of her best songs she's ever written. She sings, uh, cause I want to decide between survival and bliss, but the way she sings it is like, cause I want to decide between survival, uh, survive, or she's a survival and, and bliss or something. She does it in like the exact perfectly, uh, wrong way. <laughs> Perfectly imperfect. Yeah. All her perfect imperfections, you might say. Yeah. She does it wrong in every single way possible. (laughs) (laughs) And once she figures out all the ways not to pronounce the words, then she'll have found the ways that do work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of great songwriting, let's talk about that particular time. Yeah, Alanis sings a ballad about a long breakup. And, you know, at first she she felt like love encouraged her to stay. Like that's what she needed to do in order to live up to love's expectations, to the ideal of love. But then eventually she was like, actually, I think that uh, it would be a more mature and more wise decision to let this person be. They obviously would do a lot better if they weren't trying to take care of me and learn about themselves at the same time. So, break up. She was in the middle of the beginning of the end of the relationship. That particular month, we needed time to marinate in what us meant. That line almost works, but it doesn't. (laughs) I think think her repetition of that particular time that particular month it just does not work it's uh it's it's bad yeah i kind of like i've always wanted for you what you've wanted for yourself and yet i wanted to save us high water or hell that's kind of like that actually i kind of like that reversal of the idiom yeah uh i don't know why i just like i was like yeah it kind of works yeah sort of recontextualizes it and forces you to hear it fresh yeah yeah Kind of like head over feet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Feet over head, maybe. Now you're talking. Um, So, yeah, this is just a a really meandering ballad that uh, I just, I don't like it when she does that. Nope. Uh, Stop that. Yeah, stop doing that. Like, I think the first time we heard her do this was the hidden track of Jagged Little Pill. Oh, boy. Where it was just acapella and felt completely formless. This is slightly more structured than that, but mm, still not good. Has a lot of passive voice. We thought a small time apart would clear up the doubts that were abounding. Ooh. Ooh, that is such a classic like sign of 
bad writing that you see in a lot of student you writing. You done goofed, Alanis. <laughs> you done goofed. See, now that that is a, a example of a of a good sentence because there's an yeah. active voice. You done goofed. There was goofing by you. <laughs> the goofs that were abounding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. At at that particular time, there were goofs abounding. Mm. Yep. By you. Abounding by you. Around you. Upon you. Uh, the ending is bad to this song. It tries to tie up everything in a bow. She says, that particular month was harder than you'd believe, but I still left at that particular time. Yeah. Uh, just repeat that particular again. Why not? Yeah. I don't think that it, I think the the thing that she shoots herself in the foot because she says at that particular time and then moment and then month and then the whole point of the word part, particulate like particular is like mm-hmm. s- specificity and she's sort of being non-specific yeah she manages to be extremely vague in a very particular way yeah or about a very particular time yeah yeah all right. Next song is called A Man. I am a man who has grown from a son crucified by enraged. Anyway, she's a man, baby. <laughs> was was that movie super transphobic? Well, what movie? Austin Powers. You didn't Was see it? that, did you? You were too young, weren't you? I've never seen Austin Powers 1. I skipped right to Goldmember. <laughs> That's, you skipped the second one, too? I don't think I've seen it. Wow. You skipped right to the not... I recall that one not being as good as... Well, they're, none of them are that good. <laughs> but... <laughs> One of the one of the running jokes of the first, I think it's the first one, maybe the second one. I think it's the first one where Austin keeps thinking there are spy, like male spies dressed up as women, and so he's like yanking on people's hair to try to oh, uh, no. expose them for like wigs. <laughs> and looking back on it, I guess that's pretty transphobic. But then again, maybe. I feel like Austin is the butt of that joke, so. It's definitely not as bad as Ace Ventura. You, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> so that concludes our uh, Austin Powers podcast. Powers cast. Yeah. I guess I digress, but I this is a song called A Man. And it's <laughs> a really funny title. <laughs> yeah. Just any old man. A man. <laughs> a man. Or A man. The but this song at least has structure. Rejoice! It's got extremely weird lyrics, though. Bacon I'm a man. is brought to the house in this mold. <laughs> I was gonna. T- I'm a man, as a man. I've been told, bacon is brought it. to the house in this mold. Talk Born of your voice. bellies, I yearn for the cord. Years I have groveled, repentance ignored. I I don't mind that last couplet. I do. All right, <laughs> because I don't know at all what any of that's about. Are you serious? Yearn for Born the cord. Yeah, yeah. I guess, like is the that the umbilical, umbilical cord? cord? Yeah. Born of your bellies, women's bellies. I yearn for the cord, the connection to women. Okay. Years I have groveled, um, repentance ignored. It, it, this song Who's is all about it. Uh, women, like this. This song is all about a man trying to 
um, elevate himself beyond toxic masculinity and in his inherited um, uh, guilt and shame as a man. I don't know if that's exactly right. I think I read it more as Alanis trying to empathize with this misogynist sort of incel type. Um, but it, it is really hard to say through the haze of the vagueness. I mean, I have a I have a quote here if you want me to read it. Uh, I, I actually do think she clears it up. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so, so she failed the, in writing the song is what you're saying. She didn't actually say what she meant to say. I I read this and I had an opinion about what the song was about. Um, and then I read it, read this quote, and then it confirmed it. But, maybe um, maybe it's just because I couldn't understand what the the chorus was about. It was just so vague. She says, and I have been shamed and I have relented. I'm working my way toward our union mended. So you think that's like a repentance arc? Yeah. For the man? Okay, yeah. well, it's it's like so vague. I couldn't quite figure out if that's what she was going for. Man, but, I feel like I got it right away. Well, aren't you smart? I mean... I'm on the same wavelength apparently as Alanis, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> uh, what does that symbolize? Uh, I guess I'm just ignorant, but of sound mind. Apparently, this song is a, a it's written from a male point of view as a response to Narcissus. Um, for mm. once, I tried to feel a bit of empathy and to imagine how it feels being for a man. Once? In these con- she she yeah. says for once. Well, yeah, because she's you know he man feminazi uh, confirmed the opposite. <laughs> A she woman man hater. Yeah. Um, uh, imagine how it feels being a man in these confusing times. I try to react as an honorable man to the vibes of erroneous machos who are damaging the image oh. of my sex. The vibes of erroneous machos. Ugh. Bad sentence. <laughs> Is she, does she talk like this on her podcast? No. I well, yeah. She she has a very like uh, discursive didactic. Like, um, she uses a lot of multi multisyllabic. Oh, words. like discursive and <laughs> yeah, didactic. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You have to talk like them to to describe them. Yeah. Life imitates art. Um, speaking of which, who's the archetype for that kind of like uh, malaprop, uh, sort of highfalutin, overwrought? sort of Alanis, she's the malapropism queen <laughs> i guess she did say that didn't she she did yeah polonius i guess is an early example of that i don't know <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> like i just this... refused to engage <laughs> shrug I, I mean i don't know she said who who came up with uh using big words when they're unnecessary no i mean uh, like like what's like dogberry or something like there there's definitely like literary no nathan <laughs> you asked me and i don't know how can i how am i supposed to engage with that you know you could come up with an bill example Water, could... bill waterson it all started with calvin and hobbs well <laughs> All right. Way to yes and me. Come on. I think this bridge is interesting. Uh, we don't fare well with endless reprimands, and we don't do well with a life served as a sentence, and this won't work well if you're hell-bent on your offense, because I am a man who understands your reticence. I just don't know what is being said there. Okay. She sets this all... I am, she starts the line, I am a man, and... Uh, 
and then she starts talking about gender roles and then she's saying um that men come from women and that they want to be reunited um and that they're groveling and they're repentant but their repentance isn't being accepted i've been blamed i've and I've repented. I'm working my way toward our union mended. I am, a, and then it specifically says, "I am a man who has grown from a son, been crucified by enraged women. I am a son who is raised by such men. I'm often uh, reminded of the fools I'm among." So this is a literally, it's a like a I, not all men hashtag not all men. That's what the song is. Are the other oh, fools he's among? Is that the other men or is that the women? Yeah, that that's the men who are the 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 men that women say that all men are (laughs) ostensibly this song is so confusing it's just not well written it's very it's very i'm not saying it's a good song but i understood exactly (laughs) what it was saying the entire time well good for you i'm not necessarily i'm just like confused that this is so confusing to you we don't feel okay so this line in the bridge we don't fare well with endless reprimands this uh, this character is saying that like they're acknowledging that they've inherited all of this sort of toxic masculinity, but in order to overcome it, they're going to have to have a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't do well with a life served as a sentence. This idea that like uh, they were born into this thing that they didn't necessarily choose, which is like male privilege. Um but uh, they don't want to be judged just for the way that they were born. I'm saying it's bad she's, she's, because it's vague. I, I don't disagree. And I think that the the text is vague, but I think the dichotomy that she's setting up is pretty clear what she's going for, which is an argument we've had about Alanis before. I think she's counting on uh, her audience um, knowing what she's talking about. She's has a sort of a level of casuality with her audience. Casualties. Um, <laughs> she makes her audience into casualties. <laughs> so I think that's interesting. Yeah. I don't think this is a good song, but I, I think agree. It, yeah, I think. Well, obviously, no. I agree with what you were saying before that. Like, okay, it's interesting ideas that she could be talking about, and I just, I just don't think it's effective. And I had such a hard time figuring out what she was actually saying about these subjects because of the unclear way in which it is written. All right. We're fighting. We are fighting. (laughs) Okay. Well, Cameron, you know what I always say? You owe me nothing in return, (laughs) which is incidentally the name of the next song. Yeah. So uh, Alanis is in a romantic relationship where the other party is in danger of feeling insecure for needing too much. Uh, lucky for them, Alanis is capable of unconditional godlike love. <laughs> she is godlike. She, in fact, she was god. In the she movie was dogma. god in dogma. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that You owe me fact. nothing in return is in Morissette's words, about the real definition of what love is, wanting for someone that you love what they want for themselves. 
And at the same time, what? not sacrificing my own life and my thoughts and my own beliefs, supporting someone in their choices, and at the same time, being able to express what mine are, even if they differ, is the ultimate healthy, loving interaction. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's actually not as bad as some of the other quotes we've heard yeah. from her. Uh, but that's totally not what this song is about. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything in this song about like self advocating at all yeah you'd have to like infer that just from the healthy and positive way that she's talking to this other person you'd have to like sort of infer that that would mean that she would stand up for herself and also when she talks about giving him space that that means that she would also have space for herself yeah i mean lots of inference lots of inference there yeah To, to me this song felt so self-righteously selfless that I did not believe I had trouble believing it interesting I'll give you the first line is I'll give you countless amounts of outright acceptance if you want it (laughs) I feel like I don't know I I feel like she's being pretty sincere I I just think it's like the way she's phrasing it is it's a really good example of lyrics that are really close to working but are just really too wordy and I guess vague. I will give you encouragement to choose the path that you want if you need it. You can speak of anger and doubts, your fears and freakouts, and I'll hold it. You can sh- share your so-called shame-filled accounts of times in your life, and I won't judge it. Like we, we know she has an interest in wellness. We know that yeah. she's hashtag Zen life. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like this is, if not exactly the way that she is it's who she wants to be i well yeah maybe i mean i think that part of i think you have to acknowledge a little bit of your own she she's saying that she's perfect and that she's a completely whole individual that will never make a mistake I don't know about that. I feel like well, you're reading a lot into it to say that. She she says you can ask to live by yourself or love someone else and I'll support it. You can ask for anything you want, anything at all, and I'll understand it. She doesn't and say she'll are, grant it. And there are no strings attached to it. Um, I, I feel like especially given like the track record, like I like that in previous songs... She's just saying, hey, I feel this petty shit (laughs) and Mm -hmm. here it is and you have to listen to it. And like, I kind of appreciated that about her in like earlier songs. And then uh, I feel like this maybe it's just like a little bit difficult for me to it felt like posturing after listening to all of those other songs in Mm -hmm. light of all those other songs where she's sort of celebrating these sort of like reactionary feelings mm-hmm. so I don't know that's that's how it made me feel interesting I, I feel like I feel like I also thought it was kind of unconvincing but for totally different reasons yeah uh, just the I way like she's she, expressing it yeah I feel like what she's saying is this is what love is and like what love should be and I'm not really interested in like necessarily what love is or should be um like as an <laughs> ideal anymore <laughs> i there was a time when i definitely was but like yeah anymore i'm just like i whatever you gotta it sounds like a pep talk to yourself or something yeah and it's like yeah if you can like 
hold hold up this this deal that you're making. Okay, that being said, I've known people in my life that have like let go of people that are, that they're romantically involved with or even married to and they've like let them go and it's been mm-hmm. really really beautiful and really graceful and I've seen this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that I'm not saying that this isn't a thing. I totally believe in this. Um mm-hmm. especially in my like friends who um have been married and then realize that they're gay um, because they grew up in the Christian church and didn't get to figure that out until later, you know? So I've seen this like work out really gracefully and beautifully, like on both sides, you know? And like, I totally believe in these ideas. Um, but, uh, I guess my personal (laughs) relationship with Alanis at this point is uh, I get, maybe I just feel a little suspicious of her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, she does bring up the possibility. She says you can express your deepest of truths, even if it means I'll lose you and I'll hear it. Yeah. So yeah, you can say that you have to skip town to chase your passion and I'll hear it. And then you can fall into the abyss on your way to bliss I'll empathize. I'll empathize. <laughs> empathize. I'll, I'll empathize with it. Yeah. Uh, it's just like that doesn't sound like that doesn't. That sounds like enabling and like. <laughs> Actually, that kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it does feel. You can even hit rock bottom. Mm. You know, it's just like ah. You you probably should like, you know, have some accountability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels a little bit like. Um, too passive it, it the way it's phrased it feels almost like a, a doormat a little bit yeah and yeah. then there's this weird line i bet you're wondering when the next payback shoe will eventually drop uh, you know uh, do you ever go and buy some shoes at uh, payback shoe <laughs> payback shoes <laughs> <laughs> they have that bogo deal it's really good uh, <laughs> i'm always buying crocs at payback shoes <laughs> Uh, uh, Crocs are the payback shoe, aren't they? <laughs> they certainly are. We're almost done. Next song? We're almost done with this album. Next song? Surrendering? Shall we surrender yeah. to it? Yes. No. This is a better version of the song that we just heard. Yeah, it's not good still, but it's better. It's another song about having a healthy relationship, I think. It's like really overwritten, though. Let me just read all these lyrics. You were full (laughs) and fully capable. You were self-sufficient and needless. Your house was fully decorated in that sense. What what does that symbolize? What does that symbolize? (laughs) You were taken with me to a point, a case of Uh. careful what you wish for. But what you knew was enough to begin. I just, my eyes are glazing up. My ears are glazing over. (laughs) And so you called and courted fiercely. So you reached out entirely fearless. And yet you knew of reservation and how it serves. What? And I salute you for your courage. And I applaud your perseverance. And I embrace you for your faith in the face of adversarial forces that I represent. That's a tongue twister. Alanis is just singing... And I embrace you for selling she sells, seashells down she's, the seashore. <laughs> I embrace you for your faith in a proper pot of coffee from a proper copper coffee pot. Red leather, yellow leather. 
toy boat, toy boat. Um, what do you think about the use of um, arms lengthening? Uh, oh no! <laughs> you knew how arms lengthening can m- maintain doubt. That just made me think of Slender Man. <laughs> uh. Or um, what's the medieval torture when they would just like put people the rack and you just stretch oh, yeah, out their limbs? On the rack. Maybe that's is that actually the metaphor she's going for? I, I don't know. Um, oh, okay. I don't think so. I actually, I do know. I do, I do not think so. I think she's just okay. is literally saying like keeping someone at arm's length. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, am I am I to understand that in this song, her romantic interest, a boy wants Alanis, then da- well, everybody does, then has doubts, but ultimately he sticks around, and Alanis is proud of him, um, for working through his feelings and being vulnerable enough to feel comfortable. Like he worked through his like fear of commitment, I guess. Cause mm-hmm. she, she doesn't think that there's anything wrong with her. Cause I embrace you for the, for your faith in the face of adversarial forces that I represent. Not that I am. I'm not. What does that symbolize? I'm not an adversarial force, but you're projecting. I just represent one. You're projecting all of this stuff onto me. And I'm then an you emissary got over from it. an adversarial force. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the ambassador. I represent them. Yeah. This is not uh, a well executed song, but I kind of. I appreciated the idea of it. And I, maybe someday yeah. she'll write the song better. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there is a good song here. It's just buried under the rubble pile of words. Yeah. The the it's idea close. of thanking someone um and and being proud of someone for being vulnerable and like overcoming their uh their bullshit um in the context of a romantic relationship I kind of like um, yeah. I like the idea. It seems a little patronizing in <laughs> the way she says it, yeah. Yeah. Especially because like a lot of it is really hard to understand what she's saying and i'm amazed by your surrender in the face of threatening forces that i represent what yeah it's good that he's surrendering now it's yeah it sort of feels like a like an altar call or something it's like oh you finally have seen the light it's your come to alanis moment come and lick her butt yeah (laughs) here's some especially bad writing Self-protection was in times of true danger. Your best defense to mistrust and be wary. Surrendering a feat of unequaled measure. And I'm thrilled to let you in. Overjoyed to be let in in kind. So. Oh, my God. Have you watched the the Netflix um, Lost in Space? No. Is it good? It's pretty good. You're currently keeping me from the very last 10 minutes of it. Um, You're so welcome. So let's wrap this up. But, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I've I've been staying home sick the last couple of days because of back pain. Um, but oh, I'm sorry. Are you hopped up on a Hitler pills? Uh, no. Oh, sorry. The painkiller is not. <laughs> Hitler is all. He's all Ambien and Percocet. Not Percocet. Fuck. What are you <laughs> talking about? Hitler was all, all. He was he was flying high on amphetamines and stuff. Whoa. Open. You didn't know that the all, the all, uh, the Holocaust, the original the op- opioid crisis. No, okay, it's not. They're not opioids. Uh, all the Nazis were just like taking speed all the time. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the soldiers were like taking meth. Huh. So anyway, you're, ta- you're saying, gobbling Percocets like they're jelly beans. So in Lost in Space, uh, one of the main characters is constantly claiming to be 
um, a psychologist and like she just gets how people works, how people work. And I got some like total Alanis vibes, just like, yeah, I know the inner <laughs> workings. Like I can read people like, like a book. Like I know what you're going through, <laughs> but, she, and but she's a total, does she, or is she, she's a total fraud. The, the character is a total, like, I mean, I don't know if she actually is trained as a psychologist, but I don't think she is the character, mm-hmm. but she's like a total sociopath. that's just manipulating everyone <laughs> all the time. Mm. Um, that's not a spoiler. It's clear who's, from the who, start. Okay. Who's the Matt LeBlanc character? Uh, Honestly, a guy who's basically just Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> it's like, it's exactly Joey. the same character and it's great. <laughs> uh, I saw that movie when it came out. Yeah, me too. And I, I have fairly fond memories of yeah, it. Yeah, Gary Oldman, Spider-Monster. Yeah, that was really, oh, I had nightmares about that. He's yeah. super creepy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, is does that wrap up that song? <laughs> did you or did you have something else to say about Lost in Space? I don't. I'm just that's just, okay. just the show that I'm watching. That's the Netflix show that I'm watching right now because <laughs> okay. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> You're sick in the head. Uh, All right. Utopia. Mm, Utopia. Is, yeah, she says, she pronounces it as three syllable word. Utopia. Utopia. Papa loves Pia. <laughs> It's a lullaby, man. Yep. Uh, it is kind of pretty, but it's a little bit lulling you to sleepy, too. I gotta love that 6-8 six, six, ukulele strum. I thought that was mandolin. Is that not... Was that ukulele? It sounded like ukulele to me. Oh, be, well, I'm gonna look up the album credits. It while sounds you, like uh, nylon instead of steel to me. And it actually, sounds like there's only one string per uh, note. Yeah. Actually, hearing it again, I think you might be right, but uh, you tell me, you uh, synopsize it while I look through the album cards. All right. So here's a synopsis. Everyone just shut up and listen to Alanis so she can stop all wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. Why didn't you think of that? Uh, yeah. So she just sort of lays it out. How it all go down. World peace. Finally. We gather around, all in a room, fasten our belts, engage in dialogue, because you can't create world peace with your pants down. Or can you? (laughs) Or can you? (laughs) We'd all slow down, rest without guilt, not lie without fear. What? (laughs) What? Disagree sans judgment. Sans Sans jugement. jugement. Uh, Utopia. Utopia. Genial. Um, Yeah, she just... It's just just uh, paint, painting a word picture, beautiful a beautiful image is of she? utopia. We'd per- a, she says if she's painting it. Okay, a, if she's painting a word picture, she's Jackson Pollock. <laughs> she says in the bridge, we'd provide forums. <laughs> that's a that's the thing. That's a lyric. That's the thing that the world needs. Forums. Forum <laughs> could save the world. We'd we'd all speak out. We'd all be heard. We'd all feel seen. We'd rise <laughs> post obstacle, more yeah, defined, okay. more grateful. We would he- we would worst. heal, be humbled, and be unstoppable. We'd hold close oh. and let go. 
and know when to do which. What? <laughs> we'd, that sounds like a, a line from Dr. Seuss. We'd release and disarm and stand up and feel safe. This is my utopia. Utopia. This is my nirvana, my ultimate. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it's basically an ICP song about Shangri-La oh or some God. shit. She wrote this in January 2011, and then she like released it as a single after 9-11. <laughs> Yeah. This reminds me a lot of there's all these like 70s kind of like hippie hymns um, that they uh-huh. used to sing in like the Quaker church growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't think of any examples, but this gave me some real like 70s uh, pro- progressive Christian. Give piece a chance. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Jesus freak kind of lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Jesus is just all right with me. Yep. <laughs> Um, so this was partially inspired by her stay at a Navajo reservation. According to her, there's a thread of continuity subject matter wise that uh, permeates not only every trip I take, but every interaction I have. What? She said she, though, the sense of community the Navajo people really focus on was similar to the sense of community she felt when touring in the Middle East. All right. Great. Good for her. Um, yeah, it's, there are some lyrics that almost work and I think they're helped a lot by the three, four time right after the chorus, she says, we would stay and respond and expand and include and allow and forgive and enjoy and evolve and discern and inquire and accept and admit and divulge and open and reach out and speak up. (laughs) I think they're the, the lyrics that work the best in this song. Yeah. The rest of it. It works much worse. We'd open our arms. We'd all jump in. What? We'd all coast down into safety nets. Utopia. Oh, my God. Utopia. We would share and listen and support and welcome and podcast. Okay. I'm literally... Be propelled by passion when you nut in space and push you backward. (laughs) Sorry, that's not my joke. Uh, Uh, Way to steal jokes, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. As the uh, first person to steal a joke from the McElroy brothers on this podcast, I, I apologize. He <laughs> <laughs> started it. <laughs> yeah. We would breathe we would... and be charmed and amused by difference. Uh, be gentle and make room for every emotion. Everyone. This is my nirvana, my ultimate. This, okay, so as as fun as it is to make fun of this, I really do think that... <sighs> This this kind of song really bothers me because it it kind of gets down to respectability kind of politics like the idea that like everyone is capable of just being sort of civil and that mm-hmm. if everyone could be civil um and everyone agreed to be civil then all the problems would be solved um mm-hmm. as if civility could ever like overcome the like the allure of capital. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, or just hatred and fear or yeah. So I don't know. I just like, I, when she says we'd provide forums, we'd all speak out. That's exactly what we did with social media and look where it got us. We got a bunch of fucking Nazis all over Twitter. In, in my experience, in my humble opinion, and I, I really do mean this. (laughs) <laughs> I really do mean it. I'm not just saying that as like a uh disclaimer, but um 
yeah, I think that like there's a lot more to utopia than uh, there's a lot more to things being the way they should than just people being nice. And I think yeah. I think that there is a place for public shaming and for people expressing uh, themselves in uh, non graceful ways and um, people being afraid of being outed as being ignorant. <laughs> And I think there's like all sorts of ways to get there. Um, and every tool needs to be utilized. And I, I'm not really one to say this, but like, uh, I know that growing up as like in the Quaker church as a like sort of religious dogmatic pacifist, um, like looking back on that, it's like, yeah, I think that's like, I think that's a little bit of like white privilege and a little bit of, um, uh, I idealism that I can afford to have as like a white suburbanite, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea of utopia, I think, is opiate. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me a lot of some of the criticisms I heard from. I don't know if you heard this kind of thing, but from like religious conservatives, they said things like communism would be the best form of government imaginable if only people were perfect. Right. <laughs> And I feel like this utopia just, it's it, <laughs> its essentially as if Alanis were saying, all right, let's get the easy stuff out of the way. Just everybody's perfect and they're all nice to each other. And then now that we got that out of the yeah. way, let's just what make do we all do the community? Let's make all the individuals good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it becomes easy. Why do you yeah. think of that? The problem is yeah. in every individual's heart. <laughs> it's a matter of personal responsibility. Yeah. Uh, that's such a dumb dog whistle. Yep. Personal responsibility. Utopia. Utopia. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. This is uh, Under Rug Swept from 2002. I was more critical I... of that than I thought that I would be. <laughs> Utopia, you mean? Or this Just album? This album. There's some good moments yeah, in this album. Yeah, me too. Especially in yeah, compared to was... the last one. Yeah, totally. It's much better than the last one. Um, are we, are, I guess we're not going to actually talk about Feast on Scraps because that's a, like a B-Sides album. I guess not. So the next one, I guess, is So-Called Chaos from 2004. So-Called. Suppo- she loves to use supposed. that phrase, So-Called. Supposed. Like, and it's really unclear what she means. What does that symbolize? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. This is, she writes it after meeting Ryan Reynolds. And he inspires many of the songs. Oh, really? We got a song. There's a song called Deadpool. <laughs> there's a song called <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine featuring Deadpool, who's not really Deadpool. There's Fantastic Four one, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Fuck. Was he uh, Johnny Storm? Yeah, he was. Oh, my God. People like to shit on those movies and they're dumb, but they're pretty fun. There's a scene where Mr. Fantastic dance and he does it like a uh, inflatable balloon man dance and it's hilarious. <laughs> like Sweet D? <laughs> uh, I think those movies are pretty oh, good. That's great. Okay. Come at me. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everyone. You can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Podcast. 
Uh, if you wouldn't mind writing us a review on iTunes, that would be really great. That would help us a lot. And if you want to support us even more directly, you can go to the Patreon at support.boxset.website and send us your money. Why don't you think of that? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you can also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool. Get Up in the Cool, you guys. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and speaking of supporters, actually, this is something that I've been meaning to write on the Patreon, but uh, we realized that we didn't release a bonus episode in April. Oh, yeah, my, our We've bad. Been, Probably my bad. Our bad. <laughs> no, it was my bad, too, because uh, this class has been kicking my ass so hard. It, they really, like, backloaded all the work. Did you say it's work. been licking your ass? <laughs> It's been licking my ass way too hard. It's so rough. Uh, it's just wearing away those cheeks. Yeah, but they backloaded all the work, and it's been really, really rough the last couple of weeks. But it's done as of this weekend. Right. So I'll have a little bit more free time to record some bony episodes. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've, discussed, we've got some ideas. discussed the possibility of doing a riff track style um episode for our Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea, but we've talked about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't told you that, but by the way. Yeah, it might be a bad idea. It requires a certain amount of work on, on the part of our Patreon listeners, so maybe not. Yeah. All Let right. us know right well, in if you'd be willing to actually like sync up a, <laughs> a video. Well, it would also depend on us being willing to re pre-write a bunch of material and watch a movie three or four times. We don't have to do that. It'd just be a commentary you, you track. You think we're just going to improvise stuff? That's what we do on this well, show. But, <laughs> but we have notes and structure. Maybe anyway. you do. <laughs> Straight off the dome. All right. Well, until next week with the next album, I've been Nathan Hunt, an inconsistent affectation junkie. Uh, and I am Cameron DeWitt, and I'm a filtered drum machine. <laughs> Wait, because they use a filtered this drum machine? a lot of that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm gobbling Percocets like they're jelly beans. <laughs> I'm Cameron DeWitt and I might want to marry you one day if you watch that weight and keep your firm body <laughs> so firm I'm Cameron DeWitt and ooh this could be messy <laughs> that's, that's a lyric which song is that from uh, it's in the statutory rape song ooh that makes me less overjoyed to hear about it <laughs> I think people like it when I chew in the microphone. That's pretty popular, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. People just love on what what are you chewing? Noises. Cereal. Oh, Cereal. It's what's sounds, for dinner. That sounds so goddamn good. Yeah. <laughs> I love eating cereal, especially not for breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I like eating real food for breakfast, but I love eating cereal every other moment of the day. <laughs> which is why I never buy it. Yeah. It's uh it's just like having the that bachelor chow from Futurama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I basically just eat that like half of my meals. Yeah, I got a late start on dinner tonight because I went for a late run. Did you get stabbed? Not this time. Playing <laughs> the odds, about that. Have we talked about that on the show, how you got stabbed um, <laughs> running? I don't know. Boston? I don't remember if we have gotten into that. Hilarious B-roll bits. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that great funny anecdote that I tell sometimes. Uh, remember when you moved out of the one of the <laughs> scariest neighborhoods in Philadelphia and then got stabbed in Boston? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a much less worse neighborhood. Yeah. It's because I let my fucking guard down. That's why. <laughs> in Philly, I was always terrified. Uh, I was a scared white kid in big city and I never made any false moves up in Boston. I was just like, let my guard down for one moment. (laughs) What could happen? I mean, I was coming off a run late at night and I I had a rule that I would not take my phone out in this neighborhood that I lived in, which is not, not a great neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did that night cause I got a text on my run and that's not a great neighborhood unless you like getting stabbed. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's your thing. Maybe that's what the gentrifiers are into because they were yeah. moving in <laughs> around that time. Not that part of the neighborhood, though. There was a definite like right and wrong side of the tracks kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, just the the way he was dressed and the way he had his i his iPhone out, it just looked like he wanted to be stabbed. <laughs> it looked like he, he was, was asking it. for it. <laughs> yeah, how was he dressed? <clears throat> Yeah, hilarious uh, jokes about assault. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I like Good to times. think that I'm sticking it to gentrifiers, <laughs> which I'm, to- which I totally am not. You, one. By sticking it, you mean a knife? Yeah. Are you threatening them? That was it. Was me? <laughs> I stabbed you. Mm. Funny, funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Perfect B-roll material. Yeah, it's great veins for comedy. Yeah. 